I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Listen up, dingbats. I have here a warning in regards to the content I'll soon be performing. There's blood and there's violence and a smidgen of gore. So just a heads up on the death that's in store. So if you aren't squeamish or still a preteen, I welcome you warmly to the Sky Machine. be love just white with one thanks the red and white spiraled pole across the street was chipped and faded half secluded in the early morning mist from the tea house he could see the apartment above the barber it was dark inside no suggestion of movement that barber across the road do you know him the waitress took a conspiratorial tone Oh, that man? He's Welsh, I hear. Inherited the business from some late uncle, I hear. Seems kind enough. And does he get a lot of, uh, visitors? She blinked. That man? Oh, only the one, sir. Young woman comes by after hours, sir. In fact, saw a walk out of there only an hour or two past, looking flustered. This woman, taller, dark hair? That's her. Only, what's it to you, sir? Oh, just looking into it for a friend. Nothing untoward, naturally. Clovis slid a pound bill across the table. Naturally. The stairs behind the terraced house groaned under Clover's weight as he leant in to listen at the second-story entrance. He pulled a paper box from his pocket labelled BD and slipped a purple pill dry down his throat, breathing heavily. Evidence, he muttered. I'll get your evidence. The door was unlocked, with the lounge beyond all askew. The pillows slumped on the chaste lounge in subtle disarray, a pair of wine glasses on the low table beside it. On the far wall, a cross hung crooked by a reproduction of Caravaggio's Judith. Holofern's eyes followed as Clover walked to the bedroom door slightly ajar. Within, he could make out curled brown hair on a beaded pillow, the hint of an unmoving cheek dappled with morning light. Mr. Gorsley, the door is open. I hope you don't mind that I let myself in, but I have a few questions to ask. He cut himself off. Clover's hand hovered between his paper box and the pocket that held his revolver. A sharp smell surged from the room and a bead of sweat rolled between his shoulder blades. Now, Mr. Gorsley, I'm going to come in there. The smell of the sewer and a sharpened blade. I hope you don't mind. The door creaked in. Gorsley's head, turned away to gaze through the window at the tea house, ended in a ragged stump. His blood stretched in arcs across the bed along the Turkish rug and mingled with the detailing of the wallpaper. The chandelier held his chest open like a melon and dangling dark red strings over the bed trunk. Clover eyed half a foot on the floor in front of him, split from the third toe to the heel. He coughed and slid another purple pill down his throat to stop him identifying the rest of the artwork. He found himself slumped against the teahouse wall, coarse bricks against his back, the box rattling in his hands. Light glared off the windows above the barber, two eyes in the brick facade. His breath came back to him. His shoulders loosened and he pulled his way to his feet. Clover stumbled to a handsome cab and flipped the driver a coin. Islington, and fast. Got a gent to see about his wife. He was out of the cab before it stopped rolling. 
The cobbled street glistened from the fresh rain, which diluted a splutter of blood outside the man's green door. It was an ugly green, Clover thought, his feet firm on the middle step. A faint whimpering leaked from beyond it, and just quiet enough that he could have imagined it. The hallway was well-appointed but dimly lit, the gaudy wallpaper lacking its desired shimmer. The wine was just barely louder here. Clover was reminded of a gnat he'd shared a room with in Italy, that hum on the edge of comprehension. It seemed to come from the stairs bouncing off the plaster walls. As he got closer, another instrument joined the orchestra. A snapping, slurping sound. On the second floor, he found two doors side by side. The right was closed, but the left had been flung open. From the stairs, he could see white linens, silk curtains fluttering in the wind, and a pair of sturdy leather shoes, toes in the air. That sickly slurping had grown louder. As he watched, one foot twitched, as if in the hands of a puppeteer. Clover slipped the revolver from his pocket and crept closer, a few feet from the doorway. The sounds were clearer now, but still muffled, the slurps breaking up the eternal moaning. He edged closer still, pushing past that same metallic stink. He wrapped a shaking hand around the doorframe and pulled himself in. The husband's body was easier to look at. The same older man he'd met a week past. His legs bent outward in zags, his torso pressed flat and kneaded into the ground. In detail, he watched a whining mouth wrap around the flesh of the man's face, sink deep and pull as the foot kicked again. That mouth was coated in blood, but the skin underneath was perfect, porcelain white. Dark hair hung smooth around her face, one eye rolling back in her head while the other scanned the body with an animal intelligence. Out from behind her hair was a circular pattern of flesh. All the pieces of her body, her legs, her ribs, her spine, were twisted into dozens of arms that made a wheel like the Ophanim. Each pale limb darted around her in some foreign dance as she sank her teeth again into the body. The gun slipped from Clover's fingers and fired as it landed. The bullet ripped through her just above the face, but she barely flinched. Both eyes were on him. She clambered forwards, her whimper rising to a screech. Clover leaped towards the gun, but she was already there. Three of her hands snapped around his neck and upper arms, and another sent a series of clawed jabs at his chest. He was on one knee, straining for the revolver by the leather shoes, just a breath away. His finger stroked the weathered wood of the handle before another of her arms grabbed his wrist and in a smooth movement snapped his arm at the elbow. Clover howled and crumpled to the floor by the husband. She placed a thumb under his chin, the other fingers around his skull, and forced his mouth closed. Her web of limbs pulled him in as he barely struggled, their whimpering, mingling songs. She pressed her forehead against his, their noses touching as she cradled him. Their eyes were wide, but not for the same reason, and he noticed that she was beautiful. They were perfectly still for a moment, until, with a quiver through her mass, she sniffed him. Then he was on the ground, and the husband's body was in a pair of her arms. She burst out of the window, the gentle light sparkling in the spray of glass, leaving Clover breathing heavily on the hardwood floor. He sucked another pill down his throat. structuring this is that we'll both have proposals um do you have your proposals prepared i mean they're like two words on my phone wow okay super vague fantastic (laughs) so the first idea i have is we spoke about it briefly and i was inspired by both the game's destiny which i have never played or the game destiny sorry which i have never played and uh the film uh um scientology guy whose name i always forget um 
uh, starring him. It's called Oblivion. Tom That's Cruise? It. Yeah, Tom Cruise. I got it right! I'm so proud of you. What? Tom Cruise guy. <laughs> I always forget Tom Cruise's name. So, um, not a great film. Not a terrible film. The idea in both of these instances is that it is a sci-fi world that has been mm-hmm. visited by a an extraterrestrial life form that is a big object. Cool. Um, so it's the Tet or mm-hmm. the, the Tetrahedron in Oblivion. It's just a big triangle. I think it's Oblivion. Because there's another sci-fi... It is Oblivion. Anyway. Um, a big triangle. Mm-hmm. You know, Tetrahedron. Um, and then in Destiny, it is the Traveler, a big moon. Mm-hmm. And so I just love that idea. I feel like it is a great excuse to have like semi-modern what's set in the future after this arrival and have like this object has brought great technology uh mechs and like androids and stuff so you can have like sentient robots and stuff as cool characters um but also mechs i, I want mechs i feel like that'd be really fun well yes so of course that is my first idea uh on to you both of my ideas are very vague good um just because sometimes i think sometimes i think it's good to have concept ideas that are well fleshed out but I think it's also fun to just meddle around with um, empty concepts and see what happens with Absolutely. Um, so my first one I think could be interpreted as a character mm. but it's basically um, Belladonna do you know what that is? nope you don't? No, oh okay I don't think so okay uh, well my entire knowledge of Belladonna is from Horrible Histories uh huh so pretty much it is a plant that is um, right. extremely po- like yes. uh, toxic. Yes. Um, and in the medieval times, it was used pretty much as a makeup for women. Uh-huh. And so they often contracted absolutely horrible diseases from wearing this makeup. Um, and it was a horrible cycle of you would put this poison on your face and you would break out. So you'd put more of it on your face. Mm. But though I, th- I think... Um, I know literally nothing about this. It's all coming from horrible histories. But I think they also like would put it in their eyes to make their eyes shine and stuff like that, which of course then would make them go blind. Um, and I just have a picture in my head of a woman who is extremely pale, um, with bloodshot eyes and with blood like like varicose veins and yeah, like like blood pouring out of her eyes oh. over like really pale skin. I don't know what that is. But is it that... could be something interesting to work with. What's interesting there is, um, watch me do a, a fluid segue, mm-hmm. is that sort of ties into, I think quite well, the second idea that I had, which is mm-hmm. uh, like a 1900s, 1800s setting mm-hmm. um, where it's all about, it's like your, your typical London sort of like big sprawling industrial city mm-hmm. idea, but with like monsters and demons we've been playing monster of the week lately so i've got like monsters and monster hunting and things like that on my mind gotcha and mm-hmm. you could have this like belladonna uh, or something that gets called belladonna mm. as the like inciting like chemical or like substance that is like sweeping through the land um sort of bloodborne style and like making monstrosities and nice things like that. i like, like that. feel like that would be that sounds cool really cool let me just double check because I very, very briefly looked up Belladonna and I remember it had a different name that was really Is it Nightshade? Cool. That was it. Okay. I didn't know Deadly Nightshade yeah. because it's never, no one ever says Nightshade. Mm. They always say Deadly Nightshade. Yeah. That's like a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the River Thames as opposed to the Thames River. You say Deadly Nightshade as mm. opposed to just Nightshade. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if they were the same thing because I make jokes about Deadly Nightshade all the time. Mm. I think it's really funny. Mm. I don't know why. Okay. Um, yeah. It's just a good punchline when someone's like, what, what is the main ingredient in this, this pancake you've made? And I'm like, oh, Deadly Nightshade and uh, anyway um okay so yeah like Belladonna and Nightshade mm. that is really cool and yeah ties into I wanted to with my second idea I wanted to like explore themes of industry as evil mm-hmm. um like modernity is evil and it like begets monstrosities and demons and things like that um which I think would tie into like the modern ideas of beauty are yeah. the literal cause for monsters and yeah, cool. rot and demons and stuff like that and then chaos and wilderness are like good they're like the counterpart to that mm. and those are the two forces okay cool i like mm. that mm. okay yeah that was my second idea cool i like that um I, I never really thought that maybe these ideas could tie together and we could end up using i'm yeah. sure it's gonna happen a lot okay yeah, yeah. um well i'll mention my last idea um i I've just started doing a course at uni um, on the history of magic and witchcraft in ancient Greece and Rome, which is 
awesome. Um, so we'll be looking a lot at spells and stuff. And mm. something was mentioned yesterday, just a concept uh, that we we briefly um, touched on, which I think could be cool, which is that of original fire. Oh, I think I know. Pretty much just that they mentioned that sometimes a spell ingredient is fire and it has to be original fire. So it's not like it's not like you have a torch burning on the wall and you can go and light a stick from that and use yeah. that in a spell. You need to yeah. create it yourself. I think that's what it is. Yeah, uh, for sure. And well, I, yeah, I that's because that's a, a big concept in uh, pre-medieval society. So instead of like making a fire is really hard. Mm. So you just take a small amount of the fire with you and yeah. you have like little you know, uh, structures that you can bring embers with and then just light the next fire. Yeah. So original fire is a difficult thing to achieve. Yes. Um, absolutely. So this would be a sort of like meds, medieval slash like pre-medieval mm. society. That's very cool. Yeah. And I don't know if that would lead into um, yeah, an entire society or community or whether it's just an event or mm. a scene that uh -huh. could come from that. Mm -hmm. um, oh, no, absolutely. But... I mean... Like, with the scope of the world, there could be, like, world-spanning, or it could just be, like, a region. Mm. You know, we were just watching a video about local area as your whole world for a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Yeah. Um, and, like, <clears throat> scope is something to consider always yeah. with these things. But that's really cool. Mm. Two ideas that you've basically, like, two little objects or yeah. sort of things, like physical entities that are the branching parts for whole worlds. Okay, yeah. cool. So now... What, what from that list interests you most? This is going to be difficult because I like all the ideas. And well, I we always like we, we have more time. Yeah. Are we going to, like, hold on to the ones we don't use and yeah, for sure. I put mean, them in a list and come back to some? Yeah. Maybe if, people... if it's I think, like, in a couple of weeks, it's like, I'm going to re-pitch the idea about the big object in space because I think it's cool and I've mm. had ideas about it. Yeah. And then you're going to, again, go, no, that's dumb and I hate it. <laughs> that's not what I think. I think it's really cool. Okay. Yeah. I believe you. Okay, thank you. Um, but and and even if we pick an idea and people who are listening like, have their own concepts and want to like of of other ideas and they absolutely. seem particularly drawn to another one of the yeah. list, we could visit that in the next week. Or for sure, so on. for sure. If someone has uh, ideas for what to do with the uh, big object mm. visiting the planet and what comes after, let us know. Totally. But personally, I am very. Like drawn to the Belladonna, um, Nightshade, yeah, nineteen eighteen hundreds, nineteen I think that could sort of mix there yeah. between those two ideas. Yeah, I, I agree. Could, I see this very like Bloodborne esque, very cool, mm. uh, gothic esque uh, world. Cool. Sounds like we're going with that one then. All right, let's go with that one. Cool. So, how do we want to start out with this? So do um, we do we want to do um, real world Earth, uh, alternate history sort of thing, Ooh. or make a bespoke world that is earth reminiscent but has like fantasy races and stuff like that um i don't know i kind of like an alt history me too um i've never really explored that um before oh really um in my own world building i think that could be interesting yeah well let's go with that um like literally i think set it in london yeah like i oh sorry no no yeah the picture that comes to my head is I think I've I've mentioned this episode of Doctor Who to you before. A lot of my touchstones are going to be from Doctor Who. Oh, for sure, it's a huge like I, I that big phase as well. Don't worry. Yeah, phase. It's not a phase for you. But... No, it's it's really not. Mm. It's look, I can talk to you. The foundation of my personality. I can talk to you about space vampires for ages. Like, yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay, um, so uh, the the episode I'm thinking of is Matt Smith, Clara when people are being adopted into this small town called Sweetville and they're pretty much being frozen mm. um, so they will survive the um, oncoming apocalypse to live in the next utopia. Yeah, you told me about this Something one and like I that. have no recollection of it, having seen all of Matt Smith. Mm. So mm. Uh, you're the, the, the sole wielder of this knowledge. Okay, well... <laughs> um, that is awesome. Okay. Um, so we're doing what sort of tone for this world um, like my immediate inclination is gritty but do we want yeah. sort of like a more whimsical style of gritty um... I I feel like this is dark isn't the right word that uh -huh. I'm feeling 
but I'm picturing something very dirty and lots of blood yeah. and violence yeah. and stuff like that. Um, okay. Almost like uh, like thriller kind of. For sure. Um, Those are the stories that would be told in this world. Yeah. What I was thinking with my original setting idea is that most of the stories would center around like monster hunters, essentially. Mm. It's like this young woman has been murdered by a beast and torn apart and so now this group of people have to solve what like yeah. lycanthropy has overtaken the people of this like mm-hmm. and it like leads to a butcher's shop and the butcher's a werewolf now mm-hmm. but, like mm-hmm. a were-rat or something like that oh, cool. mm-hmm. you know like uh, and he's uh, maybe it's it's the the nightshade the belladonna mm. that is the like drug yeah. kind of thing but it's like a plant that is used. It's called nightshade. It's called belladonna. But that's not like what it is, obviously, because yeah. um, it doesn't just kill you. It makes you. It unmakes you and remakes you into mm. something new. That's mm. mm. sort of how I'm thinking. About I, it. I I kind of um. Can I show you this episode of Horrible Histories that I'm thinking of? For sure. And also, I'll put it in the Discord so other people can have a look at it just to know the kind of perspective that I'm looking at this Absolutely. concept from. Yeah. So. Well, uh, yeah, we're back, and I couldn't find the video. Horrible Histories does not exist easily on the internet. Unless no. it is behind but, a mean, paywall that we could not find. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you could just buy it, but... We... No, that, I think that would take more time and investment than is necessary. Yeah, I mean, if someone else can find it out there, that would be lovely. Yes. I think... I th- it's... The section of the episode is historical fashion fix. I think it might be the Georgian one. I could be wrong, but... Yes. Yes. That's what I'm thinking of, at least. Fantastic. So, um... Jumping right back into it. Mm-hmm. We, wanted, we were talking about um, Belladonna as, like, a... I guess, yeah, so it's it's the inciting, like, chemical uh, sort of substance. Um, Is it a naturally occurring thing? Has it been manufactured? Um, I don't know. Well, that's that, I think it's a question. One of the factions mm. in this sort of, like, plotscape could be the people who are behind this... Mm. Um, whether it's like a governmental conspiracy thing or um, uh, some like capitalist group, like a, a capitalist venture. Mm-hmm. Those are the, in this like the theme that I think we're going for, those are the two main sources. Yeah. You know, you've got like big companies mm-hmm. that are uh, creating industry and stuff like that, which yeah, I feel nice. like that's that sort of works. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, what kind of monsters are we envisioning for this? Just about to ask the same question. Are they going to be the traditional vampires, werewolves? Stuff like that, or is it more just monstrosities of varying um, capabilities? Yeah, I think there's probably like types of them, mm. and it, it falls under that sort of monster of the week style. Like things have weaknesses, and you're working to exploit them and stuff like that. Mm. And there are trends of like all of these creatures act this way, and all of these creatures act this way. Yeah, and I think they're probably passed through the contemporary understanding of um, monsters. So it's like. It's similar to a werewolf, and so they call it a werewolf. It may not act in the exact, like, historical Mm. uh, understanding of how a werewolf works, and same with a vampire and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But I think that is a a cool association to have, is is dealing with, like, vampire stories and stuff Mm. like that. We were just talking the other day about how these vampire stories, it's like, they're cliche, but they're good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, they're popular for a reason. Exactly. um... Um, So I think, yeah, falling along those lines, um, it's a lot of, like, blood curse sort of, like, because I, the whole idea is like the belladonna curses people and then they become these monstrosities. Okay. So uh, all creatures in that ilk, mm. um, for the most part, maybe there are things outside of that that okay. we haven't considered yet. The way I usually work through ideas is by asking questions. So when I'm asking a question, that's just my way of um, introducing that um, that we need to work through that particular idea. Mm-hmm. But um, so if belladonna is turning these people into different monsters, are the different strains of it does it just affect people differently maybe it's something dependent on personality or like okay. um uh, uh maybe not like sins or uh, but like Ooh. their strongest traits you know okay gotcha. is what is what creates their difference so like if you are someone filled with like avarice you become mm. this like greed monster um, okay nice so it um it it enhances the best aspect of you in the worst way Yes, absolutely. Or like the worst aspect of you in the worst way. You know, mm. I do. We want to. Which way do we want to go with that? Do we want to take like your, the the like most the thing you cherish about yourself the most, mm. or maybe just the strongest thing about you? Okay, becomes this like beast 
Okay, well, why don't we think of some examples of both and see Fantastic. which works best. So, okay, you could have someone who's, I don't know, particularly bubbly and charismatic. If mm -hmm. you turned that into a negative aspect about some kind of monster, what would it be? Right. Um, and then this creature is like, I mean, some sort of, uh, like, a, basically a devil who is, you know, uh, coercing people and is, like, clever mm -hmm. and works that sort of social aspect. Because I think these beings are bent on destruction for yeah. the most part. So um, kind of almost succubus incubus vibes? For sure, for sure. Okay, nice. Um, like along that along mm -hmm. that, that trait. I like that, that's very cool. Okay, well then let's find a negative trait and make it worse. Um, um, I mean if you're filled with, if you're an angry person and yeah. you become like a rage beast, yeah. like a Hulk style, mm -hmm. like huge angry creature. Okay then, uh, what if we could even have it that there are two different strains, just to make it more difficult for people to figure out what's going on. For sure, okay. Um, that one of them exemplifies the best in you and the other exemplifies the worst. And because I imagine there'd be some kind of group of people trying to figure out what's going on in this scenario. Yes. And if there are two different strains, it's going to make it a lot more difficult for them to figure out what's actually going on. That's really interesting. They might find the person who is um, this kind of succubus, incubus kind of character and mm. go well, maybe they were particularly promiscuous and they're seeing it as a negative trait when it was yeah. actually a positive one and mm. maybe... And I guess, like, working into what is a negative trait and what is a positive trait is very... Like, your best trait and your worst trait. Mm. It, it, it's very nitty-gritty. Like, it gets a yeah. little wiggly in there because it's very perspective-based. Yeah, definitely. You know, maybe someone thinks that their best trait is their rage. Yeah, and maybe... I don't want to be friends with that person, yeah. but maybe there is someone... Yeah, and depending on people's um, world perspectives, um, um, being... Bubbly and promiscuous is... Is a good thing. Yeah. For some people, that's a good thing. And for, for some people, it's... For others, it'd be a very, very bad thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, whether it's the person with the traits that determines whether it's their best or worst right. trait Right. I or... think that would probably be how it works. Is like the thing that you hate about yourself in mm. the the worst trait becomes the 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 seed for which your yeah. mutation is kind of a mutation. Okay, yeah. well... Whereas the thing that you are most proud of and the thing that you think is the best part about you. Mm. Yeah, so from a personal perspective. Okay, well, what this is saying to me is that there's something in Belladonna that is psychological. Absolutely. It's not just a disease, because if it's Well, it actually... changes the way that people think and not just their physicality. Yeah, um, but, like, because if it's, if it's taking your opinion of yourself into yes. account, it can't just be physical. No. I think it is a it is like a magical mm. power thing. It's not like a not like a scientific chemical. No, it's, um, it's definitely has some magical. Magical doesn't feel like the right word to me. No. Not for this setting. No. It's um something beyond like yeah. like spiritual or mm. um, um like unknowable even. Yeah. You know? I think we'll find it. Yeah. Um, but there is another another word for it. It's like the system of magic in this world isn't magic. It's... Mm. Um, well, I don't yes. know. That's, I mean, that's a question to address. How do we want to um, work through magic in this, in this setting? Yeah. Like, do we want these hunters and people who are in the... Like, was there magic before this outbreak? Or yeah. maybe it's like... I mean, I'm, I'm drawing heavily from Bloodborne now. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've played or seen anything I about it. I have not. I haven't played it either, um, but I just know a bit about it. Um, like, there's like blood magic that mm. you use. I think that like the blood of these beasts mm -hmm. can be used for things. I don't know. That's like along those okay. lines. Okay, that sounds like something that they might get into eventually. But I'm yes. getting the feeling that maybe this is the right world's the first yes, exposure absolutely. to any of this kind of stuff. Most of the stories we will tell will be like very early on. Yeah, and mm. and I think especially with the kind of. Um, the gritty, not quite noir, but the kind of scary thriller vibe that I think is coming along with this environment. Having it that these people haven't been exposed to this um, type of infection. Yeah, this this un this written. unusual reality. Yeah. Um, I think it's scary if they haven't been um, sure. exposed to that. Before. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's not. Uh, this is not the norm. This is yeah. the just the breaking of the status Abnormal. quo. Abnormal yeah. feels like an apt word. Ab abnormal feels like a very apt word. Also noir, when you said noir, I was like, oh, it's definitely yeah, like a noir, de noir detective crime solving story. And I think Belladonna probably comes in a lot of forms. Like it's like mm. a, a face cream that you can apply. It is a drug that you can like mm. like eat or snort or it gets like put into water streams. Like it's like a snuff, you know, you have like a, yeah. an, a wealthy nobleman with a snuff box of Belladonna and yeah. he's just like snorting it. And then it can 
lay dormant for a long time before affecting you and then this wealthy nobleman just is at a party and the belladonna like chooses to activate mm. you know it waits for the best opportunity maybe okay there's a scene that's just come to my head and i know you haven't seen it it's um fringe which i absolutely I've love meaning to. Yeah, it's a I fantastic it. series mm-hmm. um this one's fairly early on um there's a scene um on an airplane where a guy gets a nosebleed and he starts to panic because you know something bad is going down and he's telling all the flight attendants and stuff that you need to land the plane immediately get as many weapons as you can i'm gonna lock myself in the bathroom don't let me out no matter what and he turns into this horrific monster and um if anyone has seen fringe that transformation scene is the kind of vibe i'm picturing for this process um what is the i think that there would be so like the signal uh, sorry the belladonna has not a sentience, but like like a virus, mm. it ha- it can it's not sentient, but it can react to stimuli. Yeah, and so it sort of waits for the best opportunity. I kinda, yeah, I like that. That sentience feels like a yeah. That yeah, I get. That's nice. Mm. That's nice. I like that. What um, is what do you think is like the biological signal? Like the nose bleeding, I think mm. is a good thing. Like what what do you think is this the signifier for someone in the know who can be like, oh shit, I'm infected, and I didn't know. Okay. Um. Well, I think that. Maybe uh, this might be a bit too much, so we don't need to. But the crying blood, I like that. That was the image that yeah. comes to my head when I think of Belladonna. I don't think that's actually what happens, but um, oh, I know the reason that image comes to mind is because in that horrible histories episode, they put it in her eyes and then it like runs yeah. down her yeah. cheeks. Yeah. But yeah, maybe uh, I like this, that. This... And maybe it's not a lot. Like you just, just like just... you just you you daub your eye and you feel like a little bead of blood and yeah you're like, and oh, you're like shit. oh no yeah. so is this and is this something that people know about i don't think at first i think that's probably like a plot um, mm. that can be explored is that this is the signal of, of belladonna, belladonna infection and mm. the immediate like soon to be transformation mm. is crying blood yeah mm. Okay, so we've got the nature of the drug, the infection, or the, mm-hmm. the, the substance, the infection. Um, like, it, it signifies the signal that it gives off, um, you know, <clears throat> when it's about to begin. Um, there's the two different strains. What else do we need to do? We need to know about, like, the, the world itself. Yeah. You know? um, I, was, I was also just thinking, well, in Monster of the Week, yeah. um, which, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it is... Uh, a tabletop role-playing game based on the power by the apocalypse system Mm -hmm. which is most often set in a modern day setting and is based around monster hunting so it's inspired by shows like supernatural yes monster of the week shows it's a the whole based on the whole genre yeah um Um, it is it is very good but um one one thing they the system they have in it is the countdown so figuring out what would happen if nothing Yes. If I, if, what is um, the end No one goal? intervenes. Yes. So I'm, I'm picturing even maybe one day this society, they just don't overcome this Belladonna and right. And or maybe the, what is the if clause? There? Yeah, maybe the world just somehow adapts to this. Um, oh, for sure. Well, okay, that's that's a good question. Mm. What happens to after prolonged, not like prolonged exposure, but mm. like. Most of these beasts are being like early days are being hunted and dealt with, but they I think they can also like we talked about the idea of like werewolves. Mm. So you a, a werewolf is a big thing of like turning into the beast and then turning back into a person. Yeah. Um, do we want to have it so that this can be like a hidden society aspect where like okay. there are so people can keep it secret? Yeah, exactly. And I I don't think I don't. I don't know of it because it alters the way that you think. I don't mm. think it would be the kind of situation where you're like, oh man, I'm infected, please cure me. Once you are infected, you become a monster and you you are lost. Yeah. The, the virus takes you over mm. and you seem like you, but with key features different in the fact that you are now a super destructive beast yeah. even when you look like a person. Yeah. I think it can be a bit of both. Yes. I'm, I've got, um, I'm picturing like a, I, can't, I say that a lot. I, I'm no, sorry. it's good. Um, I... I imagine some kind of nobleman, though I don't think that's the correct term for this time oh, period. Sort of works, yeah. Um, so, who who gets this no, nosebleed and transforms, and then transforms back, mm-hmm. and has to try and keep it secret. Absolutely. Um, I think that could be an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Um, Maybe but, it has a, a chance to, um, when you transform back, you still have, like, 
somewhat control yeah. over your normal form. Yeah, so maybe... Um, or, or like over time you lose control. The more mm. transformations you mm. have, the more of yourself that you lose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I suppose there are different strains of in different rarities. And so I think it's unlikely that you still keep that, um, that human sentience to yes. you. But um, it's possible. I don't think we have a cure. I don't think it's the kind of cure. A cure doesn't sound like... No, no maybe that's like the, an, an end point for the, mm. the world. You know, that's like a big end plot point in a, in a later story. Mm. But I don't think it seems like this is a kind of grab him, bag him, cure him, no. let him go again. It's like, oh, you're infected? Mm. Sorry, buddy. You're, you're too yeah. bad. Yeah. It's like bit gain, getting bitten by a zombie. Yes. It's, yeah. Well, it's, it's too it's late for you. Your classic um, zombie style story. Yeah. So, um, what happens if a if someone gets turned mm-hmm. and they don't get killed for some reason? Do they? Well, do they... I, I think they just they, you have destructive urges. So, like, what is? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a question of motivation. Mm-hmm. Like, the, these things are motivated by like the destruction of humanity, yeah. maybe. So they work to achieve that goal. Is there like a hive mind between mm-hmm. these creatures, or do they have to communicate their plans and machinations? I'm I'm thinking of that. There's like a bell curve to this, right. to the um, intensity of mm-hmm. of it. So there's uh, a very few, um, a very there are very rare strains where you can turn back and you keep your sentience. The majority of them you turn into a monster and um, have just these animalistic urges to destroy. Then maybe at the other end of the bell curve, you turn into this creature and gain a different kind of sentience. So maybe mm. there are those um, like creatures there are that are still intelligent. Leader, like they are, they are, um, because when you turn back, usually you're like a bestial yeah. person still and you still want to destroy things mm. you're not intel- like you lose your intelligence with the mm. transformation but a perfect transformation yeah, from the go. virus's perspective is a complete uh, rewrite of the brain mm. to be still like an intelligent yeah. being but like a hyper intelligent it, it sounds like Belladonna is almost experimenting on people absolutely so it's like testing people out and just trying to make the perfect um the perfect creature maybe it is maybe there's like a a a faith sort of system between Mm. belladonna cursed like people where the idea is like what is we are trying to make the perfect like the messiah essentially Mm. like the 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 perfect being that will lead them to um complete domination i think uh and now i'm I'm getting a sense that maybe yeah there's like an organization that's initiated this but i'm even thinking that the, the disease itself has a sentience and maybe Absolutely. the well I'm saying disease I don't think we have the correct word for no. it yet but maybe Belladonna itself has an intention that's different to the people that are using it yes right um, so that dynamic yes would be... okay that's really interesting that's really interesting so like the destruction of humanity is a, it's maybe a little more complex than that and I yeah. think that's something to just also yes. so maybe the people who are utilising it um, don't even know that it has its own plan they I, I'm sure that like the way that the the virus works is that they can't comprehend maybe mm. it's such a complex like plan or idea mm. that to them it just reads as destroy yeah you know it's 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 too they get a, a vague idea like a vague reading of it yeah um as opposed to the real complexity of if you were able to talk to the belladonna virus mm. and it would be like oh no no, no i've looked at like a five-step plan and yeah. it's like this and then that mm. um there is okay. an end goal like maybe it is targeting people yes um yes and the the uh, the scope or the um, if you can the... hear the rain, I apologize. Oh, yeah. oh, it sounds nice. It's, it's lovely. No, I didn't need to put in background music. <laughs> um, maybe the the scope of the the test subjects um, yeah. is just too uh, complex for us to gauge yet. For sure, and I, I think that you know, there's a certain amount that Belladonna is not able to control because mm. this is it's a, a substance that's been like popularized. Yeah. And, because I think before it infects you, it makes you happy and mm. like probably like smarter yeah. and like has all of these positive side effects and it like makes your skin beautiful. Yeah, like well that and that definitely plays into the to the origin of where this idea came yes. from. Um, so there's the so much of effect to it. Yeah, and there's so much of this that um, is out of Belladonna's control. So mm. it's like you can't see the pattern mm. because there's so much that's not in the pattern. You know, yeah, there's, yeah. there's so many like people getting infected, like kids on the street mm. that aren't part of the like, well, no, I'm just trying to go for higher up officials and stuff like that. I don't yeah. care about the official's wife who is mm. also taking the substance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, 
Oh, factions. Um, so talking about like people who uh, maybe invented the strain or started employing it, for whatever their goal was mm. with doing that. People who are like supporting that, people who are opposed to that. Yeah. Um, and people who don't exist on that axis and yeah. are doing their own, have their own plans. Mm. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Not this the point. first point, the... The third point. The third point. Uh-huh. That, yeah, so if Belladonna is sentient, it yes. likely knew uh, to wait and be dormant for a bit before it started affecting people. For like, sure. um, I'm sure there was like a D-Day style occurrence where it all went bad. Mm. Like, here we go. Doctor Who again. Uh-huh. Um, Waters of Mars. David yes. Tennant. Um, yes. Yeah, so. Uh, Good episode. Sorry for anyone who hasn't seen Doctor Who. Um, there'll be references throughout that people don't understand. I'll explain what I'm thinking about anyway. Uh, just so... The Doctor and... No, it's just the Doctor. Never mind, it's one of those in-between episodes. Mm. Um, goes to the very first colony... Well, um... Mining colony or whatever it is. Yeah, something like that on mm. Mars. The mining for water. Um, and they pretty much find out that the water that's on Mars is infected. Yeah. Um, it knows how to lie um, dormantly inside yes. the person. So it tries... It takes someone over but waits to manifest its symptoms yeah. until that person gets back to Earth. Yes. As a way to transmit it further. So I don't think that the Belladonna per se can like talk through people it's not like you talk to a, no. a, a, a cursed individual and they're like hello what's up it's me the virus yeah no and maybe that's what the perfect mm. the perfect transformation is for like like they are they are they are looking for a host that can like the one host that is mm. able to command everyone else the other hosts are, mm. are, are have like it's like the, the, the better the transformation is the more they understand the plan mm. uh, and the more they can execute the plan sort yeah. of thing and then the perfect host is like, hello, I am the virus. You yeah. know, and now I can command the forces of these mm. uh, cursed individuals and uh, exact the plan perfectly. Mm. So is Belladonna a creature then? Is it just a creature in a form that we just don't know how to comprehend? So. Yeah, I think it's it's like a... it's A, a virus is probably a good... Because that's what viruses yeah. do in, in a sense. Mm. Um, viruses and, and, and stuff like that. They have like... No, not sentience, but they have like... Routines. Like, yeah. Um, uh, whereas, though, I think a, a virus seems to be millions of different bodies coordinating. Yes. This might just be somehow one creature? Yeah, and it's just, like, trying to interact with um, humans, mm. but failing yeah. very badly and then making these horrible... Like, trying to make a perfect sort of... Yeah. Trying to do... I mean, it, it, I guess the original... Um, like we could do a very classic sort of idea that the people who invented this were trying to make like a super soldier yeah and we're like well if we make this like mm. hive mind uh, that can control all of the super soldiers that'll be great and then mm. it, it mutates them and makes them the best selves yeah um, mm. and then from that came the two strains and it's just like all mistakes and mm. then it got spread out throughout the world yeah probably like it could be by accident but I mm. think it's more interesting if it's intentional yes um, that someone has a plan that they're trying to work out with mm. the Belladonna okay very very cool. cool very very cool ideas I think that's probably like we've gotten 40 minutes recording time now and yep. we'll see how much this gets uh, skimmed down in editing but that's probably a good basis for yeah um, for the world yeah I agree what kind of sorry I just like to keep talking about these ideas no, so I please. could go on for ages what kind of story do you think we will write well that's I, I mean we already talked about like a monster hunting story basically mm. um, and you have multiple levels you can work on the uh, like the hunters themselves mm. and like a, a group of hunters dealing with a set of monsters you can work higher up with like faction based mm. like the faction that created it and that, I think that can be explored in a later thing and if anyone has ideas about these factions um, so you have interactions between these larger factions and dealing with and then you have like stories about like the history of this and and the uh development across Mm. time of like belladonna advancing and getting yeah better at what it does i just thought of another example that comes to mind when i think of this concept um goosebumps um which is uh i collect goosebump books Mm -hmm. um and I haven't read this in ages, so it could be nothing like what we're talking about, but I think of Monster Blood. Um, it's pretty much, I think, a kid like finds a bucket of slime or something and it turns out to be this oh. horrific creature that can replicate itself. Oh, and it's, classic Goosebumps. Yeah, it's, um, and, and it was a popular one. They made like four different iterations. You know what? I think I'm going to go away and reread those. Oh, just please, to yeah. see if it, 
Talk about that next time. Oh, uh, definitely. If we talk about this world again, you can yeah. uh, bring that source to it. Totally. <laughs> um, that sounds good. Fantastic. Okay. Never talk smack about a person who has a direct line of sight to your horses. Hi, and welcome to the Sky Machine. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Sky Machine, a uh, collective... I'm going to say it again. Hello, and welcome to the Sky Machine, a collective world-building podcast. No? Would you like me to say it? Hello, and welcome to the Sky Machine, a collective world-building podcast about dynamic, fantastical, and concise storytelling. I don't know why I can't keep it in my head. I goddamn wrote it. Mm-hmm. But no, it's it's just impossible. I have to have it written down in front of me, and I wrote it wrong there. That's that's the, I didn't have the word podcast in there. I just completely skipped over it, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. it caught me off guard because apparently I just read things. I don't internalize what they mean or anything. I just read them. Also, just so you know, uh, that one wasn't me. That was a line I overheard from my brother, who was just from his room. I, I just heard that emanate. I can a hundred percent see your brother playing Minecraft. And it that, was yeah, yeah definitely yeah, Minecraft. Definitely Minecraft. Oh, this is the second episode in a row we've mentioned Minecraft, and I think it's just going to keep going. <laughs> Every episode, it's... Welcome to our Minecraft fan podcast. <laughs> we love the game, we love blocks and mining. The Ender Dragon? Bugger that guy. Don't like him. <laughs> um, welcome to the Sky Machine. Uh, this is part three, again. Uh, this is episode two. Just receding into my jacket. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, Jasper before me is becoming a very small creature. <laughs> just inside of a jacket which is asymmetrical i've just noticed that's pretty good this yeah this sleeve and that sleeve are different patterned fabrics Mm -hmm. but it's cool it's like asymmetric oh like a witch you done you done got one of them witch caps Mm -hmm. like like a homestuck um yes it's you jade harley of the homestuck it is ungrunge jade harley <laughs> we've lost it this episode so we've tried to this is the second time we tried to record it we tried to record it at alicia's but it didn't work out now we had to come to my house <sighs> that's okay because the transport gives me an excuse to get a burrito on the way home oh yeah as if you need an excuse Fair. um so welcome to part three for the second time we've just done belladonna and i think belladonna is a really interesting episode Yes, because... I like it. Yep. I think it's funny that we couldn't wait like two episodes to have a warning at the beginning. Yep. No. Mature content. Well, you know, I you know set set expectations early, right? Yep. You know, it's it's clear communication. Um, mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is yeah, this is not a genre. I think we talked about it this last episode. It's not a genre that we are familiar with. Either of us don't know if we did it well. Uh, very interesting uh, exploration of of like creating a world that is centered around like horror kind of um and not really kind of just straight up mm-hmm. um but i think it was cool i think it's something that i definitely want to do more of yeah i think we'll get a lot of that because i mean For it's sure. not like we're going to be creating worlds we don't like so uh, hopefully <laughs> i mean if we do feel free to be like hey i don't like this world can we start again yeah yeah totally and just completely scrap mm-hmm. that you know yeah maybe we can have save those and be like lost bits episodes oh yeah <laughs> i don't mm-hmm. know if we want to put out things we're ashamed of but like i mean yeah could do you know yeah, totally. yeah it's all transparency mm-hmm. um so is there anything you, you felt like you learned from like we had a very extensive editing period when we were going over the the story there was just like one little paragraph in there that we were like mm. not happy with mm. and we ended up just settling on one that we were like okay that'll do yeah you know um but i think that was really interesting uh, not so much in like as a writing thing but as a working as a team thing yeah it was very cool um to like play out that very professional like back and forth yeah it, it was it was i think it was more an issue of uh were each picturing slightly different things and For trying sure. to get them to, to align. align yeah yeah that is it's always going to be difficult i think and then i think something i've always got in mind as well is how an audience is going to hear it For sure. um mm. because i because sometimes i think it's it's really really good to have language that's specific to that world but yeah. also um it's got to be accessible to yeah. a wide range of people and mm. it's, it's a it's a fine so, line to walk yeah, yeah. so i that's a tip knowing your audience is good absolutely sometimes. yeah absolutely and sometimes your audience is just you yeah and that's cool yeah, yeah it's, it's it's interesting like going into the D thing like um your audience is you know the, the the four people you're playing with and yourself 
yeah. weirdly and you've got to like run that it's like well I'm running this for the audience but I'm also here to play a game as a DM and like yeah. and, and all that sort of thing mm-hmm. it's interesting going from that to this podcast now where we're creating a story for who knows yeah. who like for fans of, of world building for fans of mm-hmm. writing and stuff like that um, so which is a thing that I say a lot and stuff like that listening back to the podcast I'm like oh I say that too much anyway um <laughs> Okay, so you've you found a tip. You didn't have a tip, but you found one. No, I, I have no preparation ready for this. Yeah, well, you sat down. Who needs it? Let's. It's I just a I conversation. Pre- I Something prepared one up. earlier. I actually have two, and I'm going to pick from right now. I like this one. I like the second one. I was going to do the first one, which is pretty basic, and I'll probably go back to it. But the second one, the second one is something that occurred to me when I don't even know what I was doing, but it's something that I've thought of before, and this is the first time I've been able to like put it in words. Here's what I've said. Learning to be good, as in like good at something, good at a task that you're, you're trying to like get right, is a constant balance between doing it your own way mm-hmm. and doing it the recommended way. You learn, it's like, I always, I think, you know, D&D adventure modules are good because it's like, here's how it's supposed to be. And then they're also good because here's what you can ignore yeah. and do it your own way. Mm-hmm. But then when you get stuck, you go back to the recommended way. Mm. And so I'm constantly like listening to writing podcasts or uh, storytelling things or like drawing things for the art that I do and and stuff like that. And like learning, okay, this is the recommended way. And I need to know that so I can try my own way until I get stuck in my own way and then learn the recommended way. And then yeah, you, yeah, yeah. it's a constant move between those two between those two forms Mm -hmm. and I find it really really fun and interesting because it's like oh oh, cool what are the tools I can learn from the recommended way um so that I can mess up and like throw around all of these little things until I find my own tool make my own tool yeah yeah totally like um that that can even come into the style of play you have for D&D I think because every game is completely different not not only in story but um some people are super super into Role playing. Yeah. Some people are more into the rules of it and everything. Yeah. Um, and so tailoring your game not only to you but then to the people you play with. Yeah. Um, bringing th- in your th- own style. Yeah, I think it. we had that with that was sort of the crux of this back and forth discussion about the one paragraph. It's like mm. this is you know one of us is the recommended way and one of us was the own way. And yeah. it's like moving between two schools and yeah. trying to find a mid ground between them. Yeah, and I just don't think balance. we had the time to like get it right. Cause yeah. We, yeah, we've been trying to, I think it's good to have a deadline, you know, in this situation. Yeah. Definitely. And maybe one day we could even have an episode of us going back to stories yeah. and trying to rewrite yeah, them as we've oh, improved. That would be so good. Or as the world has evolved yeah. or, or maybe then rewriting them um, as we've developed more in- information about the world and having yeah. like yeah cool changing things. like changing the canon essentially you know, yeah or playing it through from a different perspective yeah writing stories from different perspectives of characters cool. as we've learned more about them yeah that'd be cool um it was interesting that so the bella donna story um was as with actually the last story was taken to uh creative writing class that we do and it was like sort of workshopped on which was really helpful at least the first part of it was Mm. and then it was like taken back and and rewritten and adjusted and stuff like that Mm. um and then added to so it's it's been the belladonna story is probably like the most fine fine toothed story that we'll get yeah probably yeah yeah definitely because it's it's you know we're just relying on each other's skill and maybe like other friends i talked to my friend marnie who's in the discord Mm -hmm. um about uh, parts of the story and she was like yeah have a look at this and, and stuff mm. like that um, but yeah so it's really interesting yeah yeah I speaking of um, you said before about going back to stories uh, it's episode 2 now in episode 4 we will be Re- revisiting big yeah, trees big trees we want to go back to big trees mm-hmm. and um, just to set up early on that we are going to be touching our stories uh, worlds yeah. again and, yeah, and stuff like that it's not just like every world we get a every, every episode we get a bespoke world mm. they are constantly evolving things so mm. if you have ideas you've listened to um big trees and been like wow i'm really inspired mm-hmm. um I, i've actually had a, a lot of nice messages from friends being like oh this is inspiring me a, mm. a friend of mine uh tiana was saying that she wanted to draw and stuff like that and oh please do please yeah. like literally any ideas yeah. any drawings or even like if you 
think of a little creature that would fit well yeah, in that world. Absolutely. Just pop any of it in the Discord, yeah. uh, like Twitter now is, or anything. Now is the time, you know. Yeah, just just go for it. We want to see all of it. So episode four, we will be revisiting Big Trees. So if you have uh, any ideas, you can contact us through the Discord, um, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We are at Sky Machine Pod on everything, which we don't like necessarily we wanted to just be the sky machine but that was taken on some platforms and i think having it the same across all platforms is better than nothing consistency is one of our yeah exactly (laughs) i think that was the discussion that was had um so yeah sky machine pod everywhere twitter Mm -hmm. facebook instagram tumblr i think is sky machine pod as well although i don't think i've even posted on the tumblr but um yeah so it's it's everywhere if you have ideas if you want to just talk about the podcast like yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't have a official Pinterest, but I've been just like making inspiration boards for each episode. So if you want to check that out, that's in the Discord as well. I think the Discord is going to end up just being the, a pretty important yeah. resource thing, yeah. um, just for accessing things that we've mentioned in each episode. For sure. But, hmm. Cool. I think uh, something we're going to want to do occasionally as well is talk about good examples of world building and storytelling yeah. and stuff yeah. like that and at the moment i think we're both pretty obsessed with the dark crystal yeah the new netflix series i was shown the film a couple of years ago and just fell in love with it and it's always been at the back of my mind mm. um and when i found out about the tv show that was coming out like god oh my god i've, I've never been more excited about it. i think the dark crystal tv show is one of the coolest things one of the most unique things yeah. that's come out in years and it's based off of a it's property from the 80s just so, so- Beautiful. It's so beautiful it's in so its well own done. way. It's like all handmade. Yep. Everything it's you so see, like, it's just amazing. All the little hairs on Augra's face, like <sighs> all, all the little lumps and pustules. It's so gross. Every every <laughs> every like inch, every millimeter of, of these these puppets is you can see the care even the landscape. Yeah, even the landscape. Yeah, it's just beautiful. It's um, yeah, I hadn't seen the movie until like two weeks ago. Yeah, um, and then I finished this series twice through and you haven't finished it yet. I haven't it yet. finished it yet. I'm watching it with my partner and, and we just don't have time to, to, to finish it yet and it's killing me. Yeah. With softly with its love. <laughs> okay, um, ew. That's the lyrics to the song. I know, but it's it really just, bad lyrics it just sounded to take weird out of when it was spoken. Yeah, as most lyrics do. Um, but it's so good. It's so good. Um, yeah, it's a huge inspiration. Especially like taking a property that is very limited it's 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 a finished story usually mm. i hate that when it's like oh here's a sequel to a finished story it's like i don't yeah. want that prequels it's usually a lot worse yeah but they've done it so masterfully like they've taken all of these characters and like extrapolated upon them you know the chamberlain was just yeah. like the simple manipulative character and he did that like once or twice in the movie but now yeah. it's like every episode oh, he's doing God, something he's, he's just beautiful yeah yeah simon <laughs> pegg uh, does the voice acting for him i believe and you know simon pegg of of um yeah okay um, look, you don't know a lot of things. So. I don't. No, <laughs> don't I, look at me as if I. I, <laughs> I don't know what he's from. I just recognise his face. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead and um, At World's End and Hot Fuzz. You've seen Hot Fuzz? Yeah. Have you seen Spaced? I think you would like Spaced. It's like an old show that he did. Anyway, it's not important. Okay. But he does the voice of the Chamberlain. It's so good. It's like oh god, it's perfect impression. Yeah. Um, um, I don't think he did the original because he would have been eleven or so. Well, yeah. never Who know. Knows? <laughs> Um, but if you haven't seen the documentary about the making of uh, the series, you have to watch it. It is yeah. it is so good. Mm. Uh, just knowing the amount of effort that they went into. Like one thing they mentioned, I think, was the original movie had like 30 sets and they made them in like three years. Wow. And then the TV show, they had six months and they had like 80 sets. That's insane. And I just... And just the way they talk about it, they just went... They put so much effort into making it um, fit into the world and mm. making it like um, a love letter to the original movie. Yeah. And it was just so well done yeah. and thought through. And yeah. it's just, it's just wonderful. It seems to just like abide by everything that we want to do in yeah. this podcast and everything that we love and stuff yeah. like that. So it's, it's so good. It's whack. It's whack. It's, it's W-C-C-C-C. C-C-C-C. I had to it's count. four C's. It's four C's, but I don't know how... I don't know. I can't count while I'm talking. I'm busy talking. <laughs> um, it's... Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I really like it. So this has been part three of episode two, Belladonna. Um, I hope it wasn't too spoopy. Like, 
But also, being too spoopy is probably good. It's a safe Like, it's a good level of spoopy. Yeah, I hope it was a good level, a good amount of spoopy for you um, in this cool world that we made. Uh, we, we really enjoyed, we talking about the aspect of, like, part one is very vague and you don't know a lot about what's going on and you see, like, the, the beast and it's like, oh. And then part two, we explain the whole intricate detail yes, uh, of how the world works and all the systems and stuff. And that's just going to be the way that it is, I think. Yeah, I think uh, when we were originally doing the world building, I was thinking the story at the beginning would just be, like, just look like a flat detective noir story. No mm. monsters yeah. seen initially in it. And then I was thinking, God, it's going to be such a show for people that yeah. hear the world building. Yeah, yeah. I think um, that would be a wasted story, though. That is true. It would be like, well, I could say this in any world, you know. Yeah. Why is it here? Mm. I guess it's your setting up story, but we don't have the liberty. I don't know. It's an interesting writing exercise. Mm. This, like, potentially not coming back to this for a long time, so we've got to get it all out now, but I can't do too much yeah. or it's all front heavy. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. How very interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. This has been The Sky Machine. Thank you for listening. Oh. That, that was so fast. Okay. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.